Welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Deming, and today's episode is brought to you by Explore Tours. Come visit Nashville, or if you live here, come take a tour with us. We have the Downtown Nashville History Tour. You can use the code ND10 to take 10% off of your order today at ExploreTours.com. We have tickets available for tomorrow's tour, so come learn about the city of Nashville with us. And while you're at it, also, make sure to get some coffee from our other sponsor, Blessed Day Coffee. I am drinking the Tennessee Sunrise Roast. It's a blonde roast. It's amazing. It's keeping me caffeinated and awake. And uh, head over to Blessed Day Coffee and use the code EXPLORE20 to take 20% off of your order today. Joining me in studio is a food entrepreneur a podcast host, and I don't know what else you do, but yeah, Justin Bizarro, good morning, and welcome to Nashville Daily Podcast. Hey, how are you? Thank you very much. I, I am doing well. Uh, so you drove in from Colorado, yep. uh, and that ride turned from a 16-hour ride to a 25-hour ride. Yes. So what was your experience like coming into Nashville? Um, well, I love Nashville. I've been in and out of here for a while over the last year, particularly with the podcast, particularly with transitions in life, but... Um, you know, there was a huge accident. I think that's part of traveling. I chose to drive instead of fly. Uh, some last-minute things came up, and I, I'm not afraid of driving. You know, I like the time on the road, and as an entrepreneur, you go. You don't have time to make excuses. You don't have time to get caught up in things, right? So you just go hit the gas. Well, the nice thing about those long drives is, like, you get to think and process like, <laughs> yeah. a lot, especially if you're by yourself. Yeah, I'm, um, and I'll admit this on this, probably I don't even admit it on my own podcast, but I like music, and I like singing at the top of my lungs. You know, it's always just something I've done. I grew up on a farm, so I had earphones in, mowing fields. And, and doing singing the in the fields, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. the, the disc man back then, the Sony disc man, and the, then, did, or did, the walk man, it started with the did, walk man. Did you have the one that... Uh, if the there was any scratches on the CDs, it was skip proof. Yes, yeah, because I had that. I had that one growing up. Yeah. So my dad was like a CEO of an international food company called Caterer that put food on airplanes in 122 kitchens around the world. So when those first came out, he was like, and we had kitchens in Japan. I would always get the latest technology from Sony before anyone else, mm -hmm. Nintendo stuff like that, just because he was over there. Um, so that was always kind of cool, I guess, a privileged kid in some ways. In other ways, not so much growing up on a farm, but yeah, yeah. hard knocks. You know, I th say that life is about being uncomfortable for sure and growing. So, so you're the host of what four podcasts? Yes, but your background previously is you grew up on a farm and then you started a business where you were uh, basically catering 75 million meals a year. Yep. Uh, tell us that story. So a little bit, I'll give everyone a background. I've always, I was born an entrepreneur. I always knew like that I was one, even though I didn't know the word. Like from the moment I could drive a tractor, even though I couldn't reach the pedals, I was mowing the lawn, mowing fields. Uh, that by the time I was seven, my parents taught me how to lease the tractors, pay them for the expenses and the overhead and the gasoline and everything, and go out and mow other people's fields and lawns. Um, so... And in Maryland, you could drive around by the, on the road by the time you were 14 if it were in, like, 25 miles, and it was farm use. So I was able to do that. I had a four-wheeler. I could tow the lawnmower if I needed to. Um, I could get anywhere I needed to go. And we lived on back roads. So they were dirt roads or gravel roads. Uh, there was a mountain in our backyard. And if you go around the mountain, you could get to different counties. And, you know, 25 miles went a long way in that way. So... By the time I was 16, I was into converting old hay trailers into fruit stands, fruit and produce stands. 
uh, organic from farms that Whole Foods was just coming up then. So any of their waste or seconds that were too big or too small that they were getting rid of, particularly from Maryland or the eastern shore of Maryland, which are used to be fertile farming ground. Now they've turned them in all in developments, which is really sad. Um, but, you know, so I would pick up the seconds or the things that Whole Foods didn't want, and we would sell them four stands around the D.C. area. Um, I had hired friends and stuff and people I knew uh, to run the stands. And, you know, it started from there. I also, from 13 to 17, I would play soccer in Europe every summer. So in Europe, I started understanding the difference in nutrition and diets and medicine and uh, natural food and cooking food from scratch, and which we still don't even understand in this country is uh, nutritional density and the loss of it, the longer the animal's dead or the more it's off the vine or picked from the tree or out of the ground, it actually deteriorates. That's why it goes bad. So just like it deteriorates and goes bad, so does the nutrition. So the nutritional label is when it's picked from the tree or killed it's not when you eat it so like we don't necessarily get all that stuff in there um, all those nutrients and vitamins and minerals and then when we process food and use preservatives we're also killing the ability for those to be absorbed by our body so i learned all of that at the same time farming like life sort of just paralleled by the time i was 18 my dad had sold off with the business partners in a private equity group called the carlisle group who helped them finance caterer which was a spin-off of marriott because marriott did airlines mm-hmm. um to they sort of to sky chefs uh flutanza which is owned by a hold which actually owns all the giant martins supermarkets also in u.s foods and okay. cisco yep uh now it's a dutch company most of our food in this country is not even owned in, in america yeah like yeah. sodexo does all of our universities and hospitals so we can get into that later but at 18 uh it was uh, a thing came across his desk for Kaiser Permanente. I had broken my foot um, on the farm doing some of the stuff for the crops and the uh, and the fruit stands. I had broken my foot. I brought a dog home from my mom that I met one, from one of the farmers, and he ate one of our cats, and I chased him down, and I broke my foot. And so now I was not really moving around or working in the fields or working on the, the things, and I had a lot of friends doing it. So he wasn't doing, my dad had gotten into real estate then. And I was like, let's do this. Let's bid this Kaiser contract for this hospital. And it turned out to be all the hospitals in Northern California. And with his help, we put together a bid. I used all the money I had from my college tuition that I was going to use, any money I'd save from going to Europe or from the fruit stands and, and mowing fields my whole life, which was a significant amount of money. Like I didn't spend money. Um, I just always was good at that. And we started the company with some business partners that he brought in that he knew uh, from his day. And we basically, out of my parents' basement, built a company that would do hospital food all across the country, long-term care food. We eventually got into building and designing restaurants, restaurant equipment. We were one of the first companies to put software on iPads and iPod touches uh, for ordering in restaurants uh, for the merchant accounts. We got into logistics and IT, and eventually I got into podcasting and media and advertising and marketing. So it's just a natural progression. A lot, you have a lot of things that happened there. We had 9-11. We had hurricanes uh, drown New York City. We had earthquakes in California. We've had the financial crisis. We had COVID. And so you just pivot and, you know, you try to make your business 
economic downturn proof by diversifying. So food turned into a lot of other things. Uh, I owned a sports team called the DC Brawlers for a while uh, in a league called Grid based off of CrossFit that lasted three years. We won the first two championships. So it's always about, for me, learning new skills, stacking skills. I think the Renaissance man thing really stuck with me in my education period, like diversified, like Leonardo da Vinci didn't just paint. He didn't just sculpt. He invented. He had, he had, he, he had like six or seven jobs, six or seven jobs. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I think are as humans, we can handle that. You yeah. know, while everyone else is in college, just worried about going to class mostly, that's it. Maybe they join a sorority or fraternity. I was fraternity playing soccer, running a business. Yeah. Also going to classes, um, you know, I was not only that I was president of fraternity, I was doing clubs. I was playing golf. I did anything that I could. And it was a lot. Don't get me wrong. And I still had time to go out here and there. But I think as humans, we totally underestimate our capabilities and our brain power. Oh, and hands down. I, I remember in college, I uh, I graduated a year early with a bachelor's. There you go. And I That's worked, why we get along I right worked there. 40 hours a week at a full-time job and another 20 to 30 hours a week at a part-time job. And so my days were 6 a.m. to midnight, yeah, six days a week, basically. And we condition ourselves. If yeah. you can do it at a young age, like on the farm, like I did, like I played soccer, I worked on the farm, I ran the businesses, I went to school that was 25 minutes away. So one of the things when my dad was running Caterer, I would go home from I would go from school to his office. So I got to learn business by just being around them also in on an international level. Mm -hmm. And they had you know, outside of D.C., they had hundreds of employees, thousands of employees across the world, you know, and I got to see all of that. You know, it's an influence. I also got to see that we live very privileged lives here in the United States, yep, extremely comparatively, especially in food. Yep. And we take it for granted. And compared to the rest of the world that has to eat healthy and nutrition and from the fields just to keep you know, from starving and by, I mean, starving, it's, you could eat McDonald's like 24 seven, but you're going to still be starving. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, you know, what does that mean? I mean, it means that you can keep eating it, but you're not getting the nutrients, the minerals and the vitamins that you need. So your body's still yearning for more. So you're going to be hungry. So you're still starving your body's, you know, we think of starvation as the skinny kid in Africa. Well, that's an example of malnutrition and starvation, but it's not mostly what goes on in the world anymore. Yeah. What goes on in the world is there's plenty of food to feed everyone. If we get it to everyone, it's just a matter of getting it to them on time, getting them to them in forms that don't have too many preservatives or yep. sugar. Sugar's the downfall. Everyone's like salt, don't eat salt. Salt being in the hospitals, I will tell you, I get what everyone says. There's a theory, but it's not really what causes the problem. Salt's actually good for you. Yep. You can have as much as you want. It's really the sugar that's our downfall. But because the way lobbying works mm -hmm. in our country, salt comes from somewhere else. Sugar comes from corn syrup. Yep. So now put corn syrup in everything. We manufacture artificial sugar from corn syrup. So I guess it's not artificial. It's actually in the corn. But you know but what it's I mean? Still, it's not, it's not like raw sugar, sugar cane. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So right. let's let's zoom in onto the Nashville market. So yeah. uh, you've been coming here a lot for the last year because of your podcast, and you've been working with a ton of food entrepreneurs yeah. in the city. Uh, so what's one thing about the Nashville market that's separate from like New York City and other markets, and it related to food? Yeah, and I don't. Look, here's the thing. Um, weirdly, Nashville is like New York meets Los Angeles. That's exactly the, that's the perfect definition of Nashville. Because you yep. have landlocked, you have to only go up there converting the train yards, just like Manhattan or the five boroughs. 
in New York and I've lived there. I've also lived in Los Angeles. And then you have sort of the sprawl of Los Angeles, the, the commute, the roads are in bad, like they don't make any rhyme or reason sense, just like California. Well, so the roads in Nashville, the primary roads are old bison trails. So really? when you come take the walking tour tomorrow, uh, you're going to learn about that. I love yeah. bison. And yeah. you know, that's part of what, I, and part of why I'm here. Uh, so at one time there would have been over 300,000 bison about 200 years ago that would have lived in this area. That's awesome. Yep. And I think that's important. One of the things, you know, why when I was talking about food and nutrition, it's about diversity. You know, we should still be eating bison in our diets. We should eat beef and chicken and turkey, but we should have pheasant and deer and emu and ostrich and moose. And moose, yes, yeah. moose is a good one. And alligator. And alligator. Bear. Have you have you had bear? Yes, I've had bear. Yeah. One of the great things about living in Colorado is we're still kind of the wild, wild west. As yeah, you yeah. know, we were the first to pass marijuana laws. But it led to a lot of financing and the growth of Colorado. But they put a lot into our schools, but also into the food mm -hmm. and the resources there, elk farms and bison farms and bear and anything. Because I will say this, one of the smartest things that they sort of get in those states is that if we don't eat them, they're going to go extinct. Yep. Like at some point, humans either destroy them or we domesticate them. Yep. And it's like same with the elephants and the rhinos, if you really think about it. We're hunting them. Why not grow them and utilize them? Oh, especially a whole elephant can feed yep. multiple villages. Exactly. Yep. And I know everyone's like, oh, death and you have veganism and stuff. But the truth is, is one cow grazing a field doesn't kill as much as plowing a field when you have the mice, the squirrels, the rats and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's about, you know, diversifying our diet, same fruits and vegetables. We eat like a few and we need more than that. We need to diversify. We need, you know, we eat carrots, uh, corn, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, um, asparagus. Yeah, and, and now all that comes from China. Well, the, the, well, that, and if you go back to the history of food, yeah, Broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus all came from the mustard seed. Yep, exactly. So the, these are man-made vegetables. Correct. That did not exist 150 years ago. Bingo. And most people don't know that. Yep. And when you when you look at like sizes of tomatoes and peppers, like even even 150 years ago, 100 years ago, they were a lot smaller yep. because we put all these proteins and all this garbage stuff into our food. And so it's really interesting. So you said Nashville is a blend of New York and L.A. Yeah. Now, how is that in the food scene here? So one of the best things about being in Nashville is it's showtime all the time. You have the influence of music and now movies and TVs coming here. But generally, a lot of people come here. Not everyone makes it, so they end up in food. That's a lot of what happens and used to happen in New York, not as much anymore. And a lot of what happens in L.A., if you don't make it in the film business or the music business, you end up in food just because it's a similar type of showmanship. Yep. And I know I know, probably 15 or 20 musicians off yep. the top of my head. They're involved in food somehow. Exactly. Yep. And they go hand in hand. It's part of the same idea. It's part of that directing, that that you know that correlation like moving a lot of pieces around because food has so many components and recipes have so many components they literally the complex thinking of music or acting or trying to connect all the pieces is very similar in business and you know most businesses aren't complicated people think they are but it's nowhere near as complicated as food businesses i've been in a lot of different businesses i'm in clothing now i'm in a in different type of things and you know i'm in fitness all these businesses are are easier than food, and I think that's why musicians, 
number one, they're easy hours to work because you can work all 24-7 if you need to and also be a musician or an artist or an actor. But the other part of it is is it stimulates the brain similarly to those complex things. And very few people can handle that complexion, even though there's more food entrepreneurs in the world than anywhere else. So back to Nashville, you have the biggest boom in food that's going on you know, at least Probably in the in United the States. Yeah, I would say the world. Besides maybe like Tokyo, Dubai, London. Yeah, exactly. Like we, I was just, right before you, you got here, uh, I was reading an article. There's six new restaurants opening in the next month. Yeah. Minimum six. Yeah. And some of them are like, they're not Michelin star guys, but they're people that are from international markets opening here in this market. And uh, the thing that we've seen over the last two, maybe three years is the rise of fine Italian in this city. Yep. And that's a thing that I think five years ago did not really exist. Yeah, and if in any real estate person, I know a lot of real estate people, I'm a real estate investor, I have real estate, I've always been in real estate, it's how I, I would turn money from food into real estate or owning our own buildings or houses or whatever, rental properties, Airbnb now. But really, if you watch when food starts to move into an industry like it is, the real estate values go up, yep. okay? That's the truth. Watch the food trends and watch what happens in cities. You want to know where to go around the world to invest in real estate? Watch what, what's going on in food because they attract more people. When food booms, more people come there. It means that there's the labor to support it. That means that everyone, the water is going to rise and all the ships are going to rise with it, including the real estate value, including the tourism. So, and we're seeing that here. And Nashville was a no-name town. You know, I remember in 2010, 2011, I was building restaurants here, like doing equipment because the flooding, maybe 2012. Yeah, 2010 was a big flood, yeah. May 1st, 2010. And, like, there's nothing here. And as a kid, I used to come here for horse auctions, like, in the 80s. And yeah. there used to be gravel roads down the main street. Like, I would sit there. My parents still talk about it. I'd fill coke bottles during the horse auctions with stones yep. and they were glass coke bottles i'm dating myself to back when we used to have glass which is still better than plastic by the way we just need to understand it costs more to ship and deal with it but and add it to the cost that's what we do with everything else but we mm -hmm. think plastic's better and it's worse for our world but yep. that's in a whole other point um but you know really nashville has become it's the next a lot of things are happening here. You have competition. You have showmanship. You have a lot of people that have moved here. People are driving their food trucks from other states here and establishing them here. Yep. You have franchises coming here. We saw Raising Cane's go downtown. Taco Bell has, like, a honky-tonk type setup. Which is music, weird. Which is weird. Yeah. But, you know, when that starts to happen, you start getting, like, Broadway's becoming, like, Times Square in a lot of ways. You see, you know, Eric Church throwing up. Um, a honky tonk and the honky tonks like Mariah Lambert's they're actually focusing on food not just alcohol and partying it's like mm -hmm. we're starting to up the level the, again the water's rising and the ships are rising along with it Garth Brooks has his place I believe I haven't been here in a few months but you uh, know. Bon Jovi's building his place Bon Jovi uh, holy crap ooh. he's got what Bon Jovi's got a honky tonk yeah it's not gonna be a honky tonk but yeah so a honky tonk will technically be classified as a bar that plays live country music oh um, so Kid Rock so is not a honky tonk Kid Rock it is it's a mix I know um, but and Bon Jovi's building a bar here Garth Brooks uh, so many other people are building a bar hey, here oh, oh look I'm at this here, I'm here, it's, it's I'm here. Jordan Hyde how are you, dude? Look at this. Jordan, Look this at is this. Justin. This is awesome. Guys, you don't know what's happening right here. Hold on. Let me throw my headset on. 
Check this out. Get closer to the mic. This, you know how bad I am with that. I know. Dude, Justin, nice look at this, it. brother. Do you guys realize this is our meet cute right now? This is happening. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to look back and go, oh, my God, they we became best podcast. friends from the podcast. Agreed. Wild. <laughs> Wild. What a day. How's so, it going? Uh, Sorry I'm late. No, no, you're <laughs> okay. Jordan, we're talking about. Hat, we're, we're, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> we're, we're talking about um, the Nashville food scene and what's happening here in this market and, like, how this, this city is becoming, like, a prime example of growth and all these things. So that's what we've been chatting about. Okay, that's cool. So... Let's go to you, Jordan. Uh, what's what's some of your favorite like restaurants here in town? I know we talked about this. No coup right to. now. Oh my. I haven't been there. Oh, it's a, it's Jesus. Place, right? Let's go. That's um, It's over in East Nashville, right um, past off of like uh, where Eastland and Porter meet. Okay. Yep. Where that, uh, what's the old Italian place that used to be there? Yeah, right on the corner with a huge remember. patio. I don't know. Yeah. But now it is a wood fire Japanese so they're doing, like, Japanese steaks and stuff like that? That's very cool. It's so stinking good. Well, and that's the creativity thing, that artistry yeah. that we're talking about, that showmanship that comes here. It's not just a chef in culinary school. And a lot of these, a lot of individuals don't even go to culinary school. They're just in the industry, which is kind of cool, too, to see the hustle there and the ability to build restaurants. So I would say Nashville is... I don't know. I do more podcasts with people from Nashville just because they're blazing trails here. There's concepts and there's ideas. And wow. I mean, it's the place to be if you're in the food business. What, and there's what, plenty what, of room to grow. What are some places that are, are really sticking out to you, Justin, from, from, the, from your podcasts and from visiting them and eating at their restaurants? Hmm. Um, it's interesting. I would have to say... Like, I like hot chicken. I know it's, like, the staple, and everyone's like, oh, of course he does. Like I love hot chicken. I'm like, I was in the fried chicken business for, like, years in the distribution of fried chicken products and had territory from Maine all the way down to Florida on the East Coast doing distribution. So I, have a, I like fried chicken a lot. I don't know. I mean, I know it's the staple thing. I do like Hattie B's chicken. You know, I've tried Prince's. I think they're in the... Um, Assembly food, food hall. hall. Assembly yeah. food hall, which is cool concept. That's really cool. The assembly food hall concept for everyone to go to and eat right downtown and try different local food is really good. Uh, the taco, there's a taco place that's in there. Um, Sixty Vines. No, it's the other one. They also have a place over Velvet Taco. Velvet Taco. Yeah. And that's they're from Dallas. Good. They're from yeah, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dallas has a lot of them. They have taco, different taco places that have sort of spread across the country. But uh, what if you did a hot chicken style, but with lobster? I, I think it. You should do hot chicken style everything, like pork chops, like whatever. I, I so because you said from it. Maine to other territories, and then my yeah. brain went. Hot chicken, oh, lobster, hot, hot hot chicken lobster. lobster. Yeah. Let's roll with yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, you, you probably know what pierogies are. Do you know what pierogies yeah. are? Yeah, okay. So there's a pierogi company from New York. He moved here, and he's doing, like, hot pierogies. Like yes, I know. I, what's the name of that company? It's, like, New York Upstate Pierogi Company. Uh, yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. I've had yeah. them before. Okay. And, like, uh, 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 I want to say Yo Soy Cabano. That's a pretty good place that popped up. I like Cuban food yeah. from being in New York City. Uh, Javier is amazing. Have yeah, you, Javier. I love Cuban food. Uh, have you been to Soy Cabano? No, I have. Yeah, it's at the wash, uh, which okay. is a super yeah, yeah, unique yeah, yeah. concept. Um, Love that concept. It's an old car wash converted to six bays of uh, restaurants, micro restaurants. It's, it's fantastic. But uh, Javier is amazing. He does great coffee, great sandwiches. You, Jordan, I need to take you there. Yeah. And, and I, we used to be in f 
food trucks and food trailers my as a business i when i built restaurants when people didn't pay us i ended up owning restaurants and we built food trucks also to diversify and then when they wouldn't pay us i ended up owning food trailers and food trucks so i like the food truck food trailer scene i like the stepping stone because for me it's about the entrepreneurial journey and the story and it's a stepping stone for a lot of entrepreneurs either to expand into multiple trucks or trailers but also brick and mortar you know being like a restaurant itself so you see a lot of that roasted coconut and uh, companies like that, Pumphrey and Beard. Um, down in Franklin, there's the Triple Crown Bakery. Like, if anyone hasn't been there, it's in an old house mansion place. They have, like, tea time. It's dope. Like, you need, like, anyone who just wants to experience it or get out of Nashville, that's a place. You know, so it's a lot of, like, trying to track down those those cool places. You know, the hot dog scene here is kind of ridiculous. It's insane. Like da- Walter's Daddy's Hot Dogs, dogs yeah. in New York is one of the oldest companies, 1919, one of the best in the world. I know Gene and his family personally. But down here, the hot dog scene and what they're doing in the customization, holy crap, bring hot dogs back. You have how many burger places? Hot dogs are probably one of my chicken? all-time favorite Exactly. Like, it's so weird with all of the food that I love and eat. I always sit and go, man, a hot dog. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. I even have... A, um, I have a running list, and I keep track of it all the time on a spreadsheet, and it's a part of my whole quest to go to every, uh, like, the three major league sports. Yeah. Like, all the state, well, three of my favorite, because I'm not a basketball fan, but that's fine, but hockey, baseball, and football. I want to visit every stadium and have a hot dog and a beer at every stadium. I love this. And then I are get... You, are you doing a comparison chart? Well, kind of. Who has the best wiener? Yeah, like, I will... You know, exactly. And I'm kind of giving a, like, I tier them every time. When I find a, get a new stadium and a new dog, I kind of, like, place it and I put them in order of where I think the best is and how we're sitting. Well, and uh, if you go to Milwaukee, they have the sausage races, like the Polish sausage, the Italian sausage, and they have all different kinds. I recommend going there. That's It's really good. But they are doing that here in Nashville. That's the other thing is the stadiums, whether it's the Predators downtown, the Titans, the new soccer stadium, they're integrating in local food. I think that's that's hugely important. That's one thing I would say Nashville has done extremely well compared to other cities. If you look at the airports and how much local food is at our airport compared to like Philadelphia or like Buffalo Airport or even New York City airports. No, it's all the same. It's It's all the same chain restaurants. But Nashville has done a great job, an incredible job at making sure our local food scene is thriving yeah. everywhere. And and minus Raising Cane's and Taco Bell downtown, because they just obviously are there. It's the late-night snacks that everyone goes to. You have the hot dog stands that have like grown a business. like They all sort of started on Broadway, which I think is cool. But you have a lot of businesses in Nashville, even when we talked about Velvet Taco, these are unique businesses that are coming here. They're attracting the right type of businesses. Um, roll them up to Quito's out of California. That's a guy I know, Sam Francesca. And he's, you know, they're bringing roll them up to Quito's here. It's a very unique, cool concept. So if they are bringing an outside you had companies. Me out to yeah, they're really good. It's, and they had donuts, churro donuts that are out of this world, by the way. Yes. And, um, but we'll take a dozen. But so it's a combination of things. You, you, you build something, you plant fertile ground by by getting the local entrepreneurs and the businesses and supporting them. You also bring in outside money, and both are important because as an entrepreneur, you also need to be a capitalist and an industrialist. You you don't worry about your competition. You worry about you, but in order to grow your business, you have to grow the industry as a whole, 
and that's important. And most people try to think that they're the other hot dog guy down the street, for example, is competition. Even though I'm in the hot dog business, they're not. You guys are growing an industry. Yeah, You're growing exactly. A if business he thrives, go you around thrive. the world. Yeah. Right. So I saw uh, Cletus, one of the best restaurants. Yeah. Like burger restaurants. So that's good. The one I was going to um, talk about. Cletus with Shane. I saw a post yesterday. They're doing a collaboration with Dream Burger and uh, Bad Luck Burger Club which are uh, two yeah. food trucks here in town that are thriving, but all three of them are doing a collaboration burger. This yeah. thing is about to be remarkable. I love Bad Luck Burger. They've been on the podcast. I've had them a few times. They're over at, like, is it Running Waters Coffee? I can't remember yeah, the name Yeah, the one it. over in East Nashville that's East like that Nashville. brewery slash coffee shop. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they do, like, things like Paramore was there one time when I was up there doing a meeting. And so there's, like, a music place there, like, across the street, mm -hmm. like a vintage record place. Yeah, Grimmies. 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 Is that what it yeah. is? I think, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, there's places like that. There's also, like, speakeasies here still. Like, that concept's still around. Like, these small little places that do, like, mocktails and cocktails that are out of this world. So, like, Nashville, again, on that level, like, that, the drinks, the because of the tourism, because of also then the offshoot into what people from Nashville or from the supporting areas want also because we've all – the water's risen now we want higher quality stuff. So you have this mixology that's going on here that's at another level. And if you're alcohol, and even if you don't drink alcohol, you can get mocktails that are out of this world. That's, you know, and so it's stuff like that. There's, the coffee scene yep. is remarkable here. And the diversity of food is like New York City. More than L.A., L.A. is diversified but not like New York. And so when I say a combination of both, there's this whole immigrant population or ethnic food population, Vietnamese, you know, East Bon Mi, uh, the influence of Chad's wife. I can't remember Gracie. her name. Gracie. Yep. And there's things like that. There's like um, definitely like faux places. There's ramen places, which, you know, think about it. Like 10 years ago, no one even knew what ramen was other than the package that you ate in your college dorm. You know, now we see like authentic ramen and I used to mass produce it uh, for a company called Ramen Hero to ship to homes. And we make the bone broth in massive scale in 400 gallon kettles. And wow. overnight. I would like to bathe in that kettle. Yes. It's incredible. The process If anyone wants to real ramen is an art form. Oh, like yeah. you have salinity levels, you have sugar levels, you have pH levels like they really study it. And if it's off, they throw out the batch. Yep. And you literally cook the bone marrow out of the, the chicken or the pork or the beef, whatever it is. It's a phenomenal process. But they have some of the best ramen here. There's lots of ramen places. And there's a chain. I can't, can't remember the name. I'm having trouble today. I've been driving for like 25 hours. So they uh, I'm a little out of it. But the um, but you come here and you get all that. Indian food here. Like my ex-wife, it was from Bangladesh. So I have an appreciation for the Southeast Asian food. I spent a lot of time in Thailand. Some of the best Thai food here. Uh, you have um, Love It, Lalvin It, the food truck. They just opened a restaurant called Ahan, South Ahan. And that's all like uh, food from... Um, from Laos, mm -hmm. you know, same type of area, although they're, they're landlocked compared to Thailand and Vietnam and all that. But you have this influence here and actually Egyptian. I think there was an Egyptian place I saw the other day yep. that's opening up. And you have these things that are coming up. You have a lot of Middle Eastern food. You just the palate here is so diverse. And for somewhere in the south in Nashville, kind of I've spent a lot of time in Atlanta. I've spent a lot of time in Florida and Alabama and Mississippi and South Carolina and North Carolina, they don't have what's going on here. You have this weird 
almost northern, western, coastal city in the middle of the United States mm-hmm. that's literally, like you said, I think it has, if, if I were to be honest, there's more diversity in food here. And, like, when I travel the world, I eat my way through cities. This city, like, literally is overwhelming right now on how much food you can get. And you get exposure, experience, and education to food like none other here, which is kind of cool. And and good food at that, yes. too. It's not just people, like, <laughs> yeah. coming in and, like, oh, hey, I'm from, you know, I'm from Thailand. I know how to cook our, my food. No, yeah. it's people who know what they're doing. My waistline is the perfect example of what's going on in yeah. this city as far as food because all I'm doing is eating, and yeah. I don't know that's, what to that's do. That's if you're not traveling. Well, right, <laughs> yeah. and I'm doing the same as Justin. Like yeah, I'm yeah. eating my way through yeah. wherever. I have a whole list of just yeah. food and drink places around the world that yeah. I keep that it's like, oh, you're going here? You know, it's just they go Go here, eat this. I know. Right? And, and it's true, right? You want to eat your way through. Why go to a museum that's like, okay, that I'm not getting the culture. I might see something from the past and nothing against museums and art, but it's not for me. If I, I go experience the city, I go to the local spots, I go try the cuisine, I go try the restaurants. And that's what's going on here, you know, similar to what you're talking about. I mean, you cannot. Oh, I'm not always have trying to food. find. I'm always trying to find like the best spot in whatever <laughs> yeah. place I'm going. Like, we'll find a bar and then I'll ask the bartender where do you eat right like i don't want to just sit there and you know look up some stuff like oh like look at like reviews and all that stuff they're good but at the same time who are the johans spending all that time doing reviews really i'm out here living life and eating i don't have time to do reviews not that they're bad they're great they help people out but i'd rather ask the bartender or the local dude hey where do you guys go to eat Where's the spot that you go? Because a lot of times you're not going to find that. Yeah, exactly. And th- those are always the best. You and, never go wrong. And same, like internationally, you always end up in the tourist traps. Like you need to go yeah. outside the tourist traps out in the city. And same here in Nashville. Like walk three blocks from wherever <laughs> yeah. you're at. And I guarantee you, you'll exactly. find better food than what's right there. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's the same here. I think you're starting to see that. You're starting They're spilling out in the suburbs. East Nashville is a great example. I mean, East Nashville's got great food. But I that pocket of East has, I would say, the best overall, like, yeah. combined of best options in the entire city. Agreed. It has some. I mean, if anybody's listening that owns a restaurant and good food, keep going East. Because yeah. I just moved out of East Nashville, and I need the good stuff. Dude, like, closer into I've Hermitage. Been, like, bro, just keep this. coming this way, please, because I need... Better options oh, than coming. Chili's and Applebee's it's and coming. Hooters. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Donaldson Hermitage is going to be the food mecca of Nashville. Let's go, baby. Um, we we have been in a lot of meetings regarding this stuff, and uh, there's a lot coming to the Donaldson market. And I think with, I truly think within three years, uh, some of the things that are coming to the Donaldson market, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm not leaving this part of town. No, I mean, I'm not leaving with the new house. There's yeah, no yeah. way. But yes, your, your, please. Your new house is amazing. Can <laughs> we just bring the good food? That's all I'm looking for. And then I'm never, I'll coming. never leave. Yeah, it's there's coming. no reason to. And I live in Denver, and we saw the boom with the mar- legalization yeah. of marijuana. And uh, actually, I live in Littleton. But in Denver, you saw like a lot of this food come there, and people do the tourism and bring food there. But st- and there was a boom there, like a diversity of food and, and restaurateurs and entrepreneurs going there in the food business, particularly because the way the the ease back almost the um, the liberal way of looking at things and, and food laws and and going back to the roots of food, like we were talking about earlier. But here, it's that too. 
Like, and there's been, a lot of restaurants been that way for a long time. It's just people don't realize how much farmland yep. is here Bingo. that makes all the food in yep. this area. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You have like a lot of you know Rich Froning. He's in Cookville. It's not too far from here. He's the won the CrossFit Games like five years or in counting, I think. Uh, he's now doing team, but he has a bison farm in Tennessee. It's what he went into, you know, and I think that that's what we're talking about here is you have a lot of, you know, a uh, personality individuals that are, are alphas that are trying to make their way in the world or entrepreneurs and food's a way of doing it around here. There's farmland, there's good temperatures, there's like you get all four seasons and that's what's needed for food. You can grow crops all year round here. You can grow animals all year round here. And it's really important that we understand, like, there's a breadbasket down here in the southeast. It's, and we always think of Iowa and Illinois and Indiana. It's just because they mass produce food. It's not actually the most fertile ground, and they don't, can't grow 24-7 because they have really bad winters there. Here, you can do that. You can have crops. You can grow indoors. You can grow outdoors. You can do it urban farming. You can do whatever. The, the way things are built around here leads to that. The, the mountains, the, the valleys, the amount of water. So I just think that, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing restaurateurs diversify their proteins. They're seeing yep. them diversify their fruits and vegetables, and it's what needs to go on. It's something that New York was doing for a while, but they went backwards after the coronavirus. Yep. And same with L.A. Everything kind of went backwards. Uh, and even in Chicago, things kind of went. We have less resources. We have less access. Well, to Chica- Chicago's a great example. Walmart just shut down six locations in Chicago. Yeah, because of theft. Yeah. And so, if we want to get into the well, politics I, side of thing, can I just throw my hat in for the best carne asada taco, guacamole, and margaritas? Period in town. Let's do it. Made by me. All right. Right here. I will take that to the grave. I will put my stuff up against anyone. That's cool. Let's well, go. I think, uh, I think we need some uh, carne asada tacos. Oh, yeah. man. I got a new Blackstone grill, so I'm working oh, yeah. on my yeah. like, yeah. I feel watching, like I'm yeah. trying. I've been watching your stories. Your my wife's stories. always doing it, yeah, and yeah. I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to get it like, to clank. Like, you know, like I'm working on it. I can't do a volcano yet at all. I tried. Fail. But yeah. I'm getting better. I like this a lot, and I love those Blackstone girls. People are doing smash burgers and stuff like that. That's a whole big trend. It's not to be confused with a hamburger. No, I've tried three times. Moderate. (laughs) That's about as best as I can do. I'm too afraid to just, like, push that thing down, right? Yeah, you got to push all that. I know. I'm too too afraid to give it that much umph because it's not in me because I normally like to make, like, thick, thick burgers, right? And now I'm trying to do this very thin style, and I just... I don't know. I feel like a sissy. Like, I can't yeah. do it. I'm too afraid. And I th- we're going to smash other things. Chicken burgers, turkey burgers, elk burgers. It's only a matter of time before the trend goes in more. Someone figures out that you need to diversify it and differentiate yourself a little bit versus all the other smash burgers. Smash it all. Smash, smash it all. all the meats. Well, this uh, this episode has made me hungry, boys. Uh, I know. Just, I didn't know what I was walking yeah, into, yeah, yeah. and now Justin's <laughs> just uh, eloquently spewing all this good food stuff, and yeah. my stomach's like, oh, yeah. And let's go. Well, why are we still here? Let's I go eat. I haven't eaten since last night, so I'm, I'm getting hungry. But Justin, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This yeah, is not going to be uh, the last time. So, Justin, where can people follow you on social media and listen to your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Spotify or wherever else you guys grow yourself through podcasts. Just type in my last name, Bizarro, B I W Z A W R O. 
O. All four shows that I do are um, are on there. We're starting to populate all of them this fall. We've got many, many recorded and ready to go. And you can also find me on Threads, Instagram, and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. Again, B I double Z A double R O. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for you coming. You can find on the me show. on Justin's channel. I'll be there. Thank you for listening to the Nashville Daily Podcast. If you want to learn more, head to NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media at Explore.Nash on Instagram, Nashville Daily Podcast on YouTube, and Explore.Nash on YouTube as well. The Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore LLC production, copyright 2023.